the WD experience. In terms of scope and savagery, few periods in history could compare to the 100 days between April and June 1994 in the nation of Rwanda. The very lowest estimate states that half a million people died during the Rwandan genocide, though the official government statistics topped 1 million deaths. This was brutality on an unimaginable scale as ethnic tension gave way to murder at a speed that not even Nazi Germany managed to achieve. The Rwandan genocide was staggering on so many levels. It managed to draw in many in the population through steady stream of propaganda that not only underpins the idea of racial superiority but also the need to exterminate a sizable section of the population. This is a dark story, let's be honest, one of the very darkest with its heinous roots stretching back through the disastrous colonial period and long before. This is a story of two groups who at least side by side for hundreds of years and who passed the baton of superiority and racial subjugation between them until it erupted into mass murder on a shocking scale. The events that erupted in 1994 had long been in the making. Unlike much of Africa, Rwanda and the Great Lakes were not divided by the 1884 Berlin Conference. This declared Rwanda and Burundi as part of the German Empire as colonial spheres of interest in exchange of renouncing all claims in Uganda. After several border skirmishes, the final borders of the colony were not established until 1900. Following World War II and German defeat, Rwanda-Urundi became a United Nations Trust territory with Belgium as the administrative authority. Reforms instituted by the Belgians in the 1950s encouraged the growth of democratic political institutions but were resisted by the Tutsi traditionalists who saw them as a threat to Tutsi rule. From the 1940s, the king, a Tutsi with democratic vision, abolished the feudal system and redistributed cattle and land. Although the majority of pastoral lands remained under Tutsi control, the Hutu began to feel more liberation from Tutsi rule. Through the reforms, Tutsis were no longer perceived to be in control of cattle. The long-standing measures of a person's wealth and social position, these reforms contributed to ethnic tensions. During the 1950s and early 60s, a wave of Pan-Africanism swept through Central Africa, expressed by leaders such as Julius Nyerere in Tanzania and Patrice Lumumba in the Congo. Anti-colonial sentiment rose throughout and a socialist platform of African unity and equality for all Africans was promoted, encouraged by the Pan-Africanist Huntu advocates in the Catholic Church and by Christian Belgians who were increasingly influential in the Congo. Hutu resentment of the Tutsi increased. Meanwhile, the UN mandates as well as the Tutsi elite class and the Belgian colonies added to the growing unrest. Grigori Kayimbanda, founder of the party of the Hutu Emancipation Movement, Pame Hutu, led the Hutu Emancipation Movement, which quickly became militarized. In reaction to that, in 1959, the Tutsi formed the Yuna Party, lobbying for immediate independence for Rwanda Urundi to be based on the existing Tutsi monarchy. Skirmishes ensued between Yuna and Pamehutu groups, and in July 1959, when Tutsi King Matari III died following a routine vaccination, some Tutsi thought he had been assassinated. The revolution of 1959 marked a major change in the political life in Rwanda. 
Some 150,000 Tutsis were exiled to neighboring countries, and Tutsis who remained were excluded from political power in a state becoming more centralized under Hutu control. On the 25th of September 1961, a referendum was held to establish whether Rwanda should remain a kingdom or become a republic. Citizens voted overwhelmingly for a republic, and on 1st July 1962, Belgium with UN oversight granted full independence and Rwanda was created as a republic governed by the majority Pamehutu. On the 6th of April 1994, the airplane carrying the president of Rwanda and the Hutu president of Burundi was shot down as it prepared to land at Kigali. Both presidents were killed when the plane crashed. The military and militia groups began rounding up and killing Tutsis en masse. Political moderates, irrespective of their ethnic backgrounds, were killed as well. The killing swiftly spread from Kigali to all corners of the country. And between April 6th and July, a genocide of unprecedented swiftness left between 500,000 and a million Tutsis and moderate Hutus dead. Even ordinary citizens were called on by local officials to kill their Tutsi neighbors, who were referred to as cockroaches, by the local radio stations inciting fear and hatred. The Rwandan Patriotic Front, RPF, renewed its civil war against the Rwandan Hutu government when it received word that the genocidal massacres had begun. Its leader, Paul Kagame, directed RPF forces in neighboring countries to invade. But here, the RPF forces were in the country already and have battling the Hutu forces and the militias who were committing the massacres. The resulting civil war reached concurrently with the genocide for two months. United Nations member states refused to answer requests for increased troops and money. The Tutsi-led RPF continued to advance on the capital and by June, soon occupied the northern, eastern and southern parts of the country. Between July and August 1994, Kagame's Tutsi-led RPF troops first entered the capital Kigali, thereby bringing an end to the war. After the war, with over 40% of the population having fled or killed, Rwanda was in a state of despair, with poverty rates at above 45% and life expectancy at just over 46 years. It was chaos. But even with this dark story, there is hope for humanity. Rwanda today ranks the second safest country in Africa and 11th globally, with per capita income at over $2,000 and life expectancy rate at over 70 years. It is safe to say Rwanda has come a long way 28 years after its brutal war. All thanks to some stringent policies such as criminalizing ethnic classifications, there is only hope that things will get better for the people of Rwanda. So guys, I wouldn't ask if you enjoyed this but I do hope you find it interesting and informative. So check back on me at the WD Experience on Twitter, Instagram, and on my Facebook page. I'd love to hear your comments on this. Thanks for listening.